0: To Maritime Agcast, the podcast dedicated to the farmers and the farm community of the Maritimes. We will discuss all things related to the livestock industry with local, regional, and national guests, as well as keep you up to date with current markets and industry events.
1: Atlantic Stockyards Limited has been Atlantic Canada's major livestock market for over 60 years. The stockyards attract buyers regionally as well as extending into central Canada. Livestock auctions occur every Thursday with cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, rabbits, and poultry all featured. Additional information, such as previous market reports, feeder sale dates, and vaccination forms can be found on AtlanticStockYards.com.
0: Today, we will be joined by Dr. Egan Brockhoff and Heather McLean to discuss the introduction to small-scale pig production and hog health. Dr. Brockhoff is a strong advocate of agriculture and agribusiness. He is a graduate of the Western College of Veterinary Medicine and the University of Saskatchewan. He and his family operate a third generation mixed farm in central Alberta. Egan is the president and practicing veterinarian with Prairie Swine Health Services in Red Deer, Alberta and Steinbach, Manitoba. In 2010, he began providing consulting services in Asia focused on veterinary training, infection prevention and control and enhancing biosecurity capacity. Since 2008, Egan has taught swine medicine at the University of Calgary Faculty of Veterinary Medicine. His passion for agriculture and supporting farmers and agribusiness brought him to the national stage in 2014, where he acts as the veterinary counselor for the Canadian Pork Council. Former guest Heather McLean uh, has a BSc in animal science. From the former Nova Scotia Agricultural College and a Master of Science in Poultry Nutrition from the University of Manitoba. She provides professional advice to farming operations in all aspects of poultry hog and fur production. She has a special interest in the production system as a whole and strives to improve production and quality to maximize results for producers. producer. She has over 20 years of experience working directly with the farm community and also grew up on a hog farm in Newfoundland. Heather has been involved with the Nova Scotia Biosecurity Implementation Program and believes that strong biosecurity programs are elemental to the success of our agricultural industries. So Heather and Dr. Brockhoff, I definitely want to thank you both for being with us here today on Maritime AgCast. Uh, Heather, maybe we'll start with you. So hog production in the Maritimes is probably quite a bit different than it looks like in the rest of Canada. Uh, We have very few small producers and a significant number of small-scale holdings. Can you just maybe comment about the structure of the industry and and why hog health is important for all of us, no matter whether we're big, small, commercial, or non-commercial?
1: Sure, Brad. So the largest part of our Nova Scotia industry production-wise is our commercial production. Probably about 95% of our hog production is on those larger commercial farms. But that being said, volume-wise, we do have a significant amount of small production You know, small holdings, a handful of hogs here and there, and they're spread throughout one tip of our province to the other. So, you know, all the way from Cape Breton to Yarmouth, down through Halifax, and up as far as Yarmouth, as Amherst, sorry. So it's spread out in every community all over the place. That being said, like I said, 95% of our production volume wise does come from those uh, half a dozen to a dozen sort of larger farms. And so, you know, keeping the small herds and the larger herds healthy is of vital importance to the. Uh, production in the province, or production provincially, does look a little bit different than it would say in Ontario and Quebec, uh, simply because our per farm production is going to be much smaller than it is there. But you know, that being said, um, it doesn't matter whether you're big or small. Protecting the health of those herds is of ultimate importance as far as being able to
0: produce and protect the production in the province. So, Dr. Brockoff, maybe over to you for this question and and point of discussion is. Why is it important for small lot holders or or backyard producers uh, to monitor swine health in relation to the provincial or national herd?
2: Yeah, so, uh, you know, all pigs in Canada, whether they be pet pigs or small holder pigs, commercial pigs, you name it, you know, they're susceptible to the major viral foreign animal diseases, bacterial diseases that we worry about entering Canada. So, yeah, whether it's your pet pig or smallholder pig, all of us are worried about introducing new viruses to Canada. All of us are worried about the impact that new virus introductions could have on the Canadian economy, could have on animal health, and could have on animal welfare. None of us want to see these devastating, high-mortality diseases on Canadian shores. You know, these are terrible diseases, and whether you have two pigs or 200 pigs. Uh, We just don't want them here in Canada at all.
0: So you touched on something that I think we're going to talk about um, a little later on in in a fair amount of depth, and that's reportable diseases and and high-risk diseases. But as a small-scale producer, what are some common diseases that I should be looking for on my farm or, or with my pigs?
2: Yeah, so there's a number of infectious diseases At our veterinary practice, we work with a lot of smallholder producers, and we find infectious disease uh, in those populations. So swine erythiplus is a really common pathogen, and it's easy to prevent through vaccination, uh, but it's a super common one that we see. Porcine circovirus, streptococcus suus, APP. We also see that atrophic rhinitis, the bent nose disease in some of our backyard herds. And so, you know, those are some of the real common ones that we see in our smallholders. But there's other viruses, though, like even PERS virus, which is an endemic virus in pigs in Canada. Occasionally, we find that in our backyard smallholder production. And so that whole gamut of diseases, you know, that we would commonly see in commercial pigs, we do see some of those diseases in our backyard pigs. We do see classic diseases like Clostridium disease that presents like black leg in cattle, really common in outdoor straw-based pigs. And so a lot of those common infectious diseases are present in all of our populations. And thankfully we have pretty good tools to manage most of those diseases. So, Heather, in your
0: work with the the hog industry in, in Nova Scotia and background as a, growing up on a hog farm, you know, what are some measures that are very important for producers to monitor their health of their pigs and maybe to recognize some of the very common diseases or illnesses, as well as some of the the more worrisome diseases for the commercial industry? So, Brett, I think it's really important that,
1: you know, small stockholders realize that they they need to spend some time with their pigs and they need to check on them every day. So, you know, when they're doing their chores morning and night, they should keep an eye on their hogs, make sure that they're eating and drinking normally, that they're interacting as they normally would, that there's there's none, you know, off to the sides that are looking a little bit listless or less interactive than they normally would be. There's nothing amiss. They're not limping. They're not showing um, signs on their skin. You know, that, that basically everything looks normal as it would. So, I mean, that that's probably the, the first biggest thing, just to make sure that they're keeping an eye on their hogs and they're keeping an eye on normal versus not normal. You know, and if there are any signs for not normal, uh, the first thing they should do is they should separate that pig out from the other ones and quarantine it where it can't have any contact with the, the other healthy pigs. And then they should refer to a, a specialist or a veterinarian for advice to where to go from there.
0: In upcoming events, the Nova Scotia cattle producers are introducing an on-farm preconditioning pilot project this fall, where cattle preconditioning services will be available to members. Please visit nscattle.ca forward slash preconditioning for more information. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture are hosting a National Agricultural Leaders Debate on September 9th. This can be viewed on their YouTube channel, where the event will be live streamed in both official languages. The Purebred Sheep Breeders Association of Nova Scotia are hosting the virtual Atlantic Purebred Sheep Sale on September 18th. Additional information can be found at sheepnovascotia.ns.ca. A Cattle Appreciation Day will occur Saturday, October 30th at Atlantic Stockyards Limit where free burgers and ice cream bars will be provided for lunch courtesy of the Nova Scotia Cattle Producers and Dairy Farmers of Nova Scotia. Updates to this Appreciation Day will be available at nscattle.ca and NSCP social media. The Sheep Industry Conference hosted by the Sheep Producers Association of Nova Scotia is occurring November 12th to 13th at the DeBert Hospitality Centre. Registration is required in advance with early bird pricing ending September 17th. More information such as conference agenda and the registration form can be found at nsheep.ca. Regular feeder sales resume September 7th, happening every second Tuesday throughout the fall. And a breeding stock sale will take place on Saturday, October 30th, please check AtlanticStockyards.com for a full sale schedule. There are now many Nova Scotia programs open for the 2021-2022 year, such as the Cattle and Sheep Industry Development Program. For a full list of programs, as well as applications and guidelines, please visit novascotia.ca forward slash programs. So Dr. Brockoff, what are some maybe very specific things that might be obvious with some observation of your pigs of things you should be concerned about and be reaching out to specialists uh, like Heather or a veterinarian like yourself?
2: Yeah, so there's a good list. And I think, you know, Heather touched on some of the key ones right there. So change in behavior. Pigs are really good at hiding sickness and illness within a population. But a change in behavior is one of the first things you may notice. Appetite. Pigs love to eat and so a big change in appetite is often a classic sign that the pig may not be feeling well. Change in water consumption. Water consumption is a little tougher to observe, depending on the type of watering system you have. But, you know, that whole, are you eating, are you drinking? One of the classic tools for me today, and it was a classic tool last year and it was the last 20 years, is a thermometer. I love using a thermometer um, and having a thermometer available. And so uh, if you're a stock person and you have livestock, um, I think you should have a thermometer on site. It's a great way to understand um, what your pig may or may not be going through. Those are some of the classic things. You know, changes in behavior can also present too when you think of posture, So don't just think of the pig lying off on its own. Think of how the pig posture demeanor is is it hunched up Um, does it look like it's eaten does it look thin does it look like it's not drinking so that posture that fundamental behavior is super helpful and if you see things like that then reach for that thermometer if you can and you know there's really classic ways to handle and hold a pig whether it be a bucket over the head or a hog panel and a bucket Restraining um, pigs can be really straightforward, especially if they're used to lots of human interaction and positive human interaction. Uh, so those things work really well. And then of course, I like to just look at the pig. Do I see new spots on the pig? Or is there something different about you know, the eye discharge or the nasal discharge? Is the pig coughing? Is the pig breathing more, more rapidly today or more deeply than you've seen in the past? And uh, those are the classic things that I like to look for when I'm walking through the pen. And Heather mentioned that herself. You know, you should be looking at your pigs all the time when you're in there and try to give them positive human interaction. And so then if they're not feeling good, they don't do that fear hiding. You know, they're they're comfortable with you, so they show themselves better to you. So I like that. I think being a good stock person is really one of the critical parts of animal health management
0: yeah, so the good stock person uh, bit is is something we we work with a lot in our our training and and information that we share with our producers and you know I've often been told no matter what it is uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure and one of the things we talk a, a lot about, especially with pigs and poultry, is biosecurity and making sure that those pathogens or illnesses don't reach our our own animals. Uh, What are some very basics to a a good biosecurity program for a small lot holder?
2: For me, when I put biosecurity into some big categories, you know, we've got, you know, exclusion biosecurity, that external biosecurity, we want to keep things away from our animals, And I divide that into sort of two big, easy categories. Right, that direct contact and then indirect contact. And so some of the classic things of keeping your animals segregated. You know, segregation is such a powerful tool. So having the animals fenced off, away from high traffic areas in your farmyard or your yard, so they're not exposed to tired traffic from outside sources or visitors, but doing everything you can to segregate them. I love it when I see a farm that is fenced off their pigs and then there's a little boot change station, maybe even a boot and coverall change station. And you can do something as simple as a uh, rubbermaid container out near the fence, just sitting outside near the fence. You could put a little garden shed out there that allows you to have a little change station. Um, But we see time and again, if producers change their rubber boots, before they enter the pig pen it dramatically reduces the risk of outside disease being introduced pig to pig contact remains such a critical disease movement pathway out there so introducing new pigs to your farm from multiple sources is a risk you know every time you introduce a new animal you introduce all of the bacteria and viruses that it may carry as well and Sometimes we see really devastating outcomes from that, where we end up with the whole herd very sick. Limiting the number of sources of pigs is the other big feature that I like to focus on. And maybe that means selecting animals from fewer sources or having a quarantine hen well, well away from the rest of your pigs for 30 days before you introduce them into your herd, but doing things to create those lines of separation. Uh, those are critical tools that everyone can use, whether they've got two pigs or 200.
1: I think those are all really, really good points and uh, and things that everybody should you know, implement on their own. And again, whether they've got two pigs or 200, it, it definitely applies to everybody. I think sometimes being smaller scale, people tend to think that biosecurity is just for the big firms and it's it's not, it's for everybody. It just looks a little That's bit pretty. different. Exactly. Yeah, it, it just yeah. happens to look a little bit different because they're not enclosed necessarily in the four walls and the roof, and they stay inside. So they've got a little more access to outside. Yeah, you know, they're just set up a bit different. But that basic how to keep your animals safe—that uh, you know the the clean boots and the you know all the very basic elemental pieces of that are all very similar. Even things like you know you talk about mixing different picks from different sources. You know, making sure that you buy vaccinated stock, that you buy from a good source, that you know that they're coming from a healthy herd, uh, it's really worth its weight in gold. You know, at that point, you you tend to be getting pigs from the same source, which reduces that risk a little bit further. You know, and making sure your pen is clean when you put them in, so that the herd from last year, anything that might be residual in your in your barn or your shed from there, or on the ground they're coming your pigs are coming into a clean spot so making sure the manure is removed uh you're cleaning disinfecting the the shed before you put any pigs in there those are all really good things that reduce the risk for sure
0: here is the market report for the weekend at September 3rd, 2021, brought to you by Atlantic Stockyards Limited, which has been Atlantic Canada's primary auction market for more than 60 years. In the local hog market, base price was $2.51 per kilogram, down 7.8 cents from last week. In Ontario, base price was down 7.8 cents from last week to $2.42 per kilogram. In the Quebec market, base price was $2.52 per kilogram, down 3.5 cents from the prior week. On the cattle side, fed cattle at Atlantic beef products was $2.57 on the rail, no change from the prior week. In Ontario, live steer sold for $1.53, moving up seven cents from last week. And in Quebec, rail price was $2.63, up six cents from last week. Call cattle Atlantic stockyard sold for 90 cents, an upward change of 12 cents from the prior week, while rail price at Atlantic beef products was $1.45, up three cents from last week. Calls in Ontario averaged 79 cents, up two cents, from the prior week and 75 cents in Quebec moving up one cent. Good dairy bob calves between 90 and 120 pounds at Atlantic Stockyards averaged $78 up $3 and good dairy beef bob calves averaged $169 up $9 from last week. Meanwhile, calves in Ontario were down seven cents to a price of 94 cents per pound and calves in Quebec were 91 cents uh, increase of three cents per pound. Base price for lambs at Northumberland Lamb is eleven ten per kilogram, and mutton sits at $6 per kilogram. 50 to 64-pound lambs at Atlantic Stockyards average $2.11 per pound at 57 pounds, ranging from $1.75 to $2.35. In Ontario, 50 to 64-pound lambs averaged $2.73 per pound at 58 pounds, ranging from $1.38 to $3.38. For 65 to 79 pound lambs at Atlantic Stockyards, they average $2.15 per pound at 71 pounds, ranging from 210 to 220. In Ontario, 65 to 79 pound lambs average $2.49 at 74 pounds, ranging from 90 cents to 3.37 and a half. Use at Atlantic Stockyards range from 110 to 285 dollars, averaging 208 dollars. In Ontario, use average $1.82 dollar at 142 pounds and range from a dollar 37 and a half to 245. Make sure you check your association's websites for additional pricing information. So, one of the things that we don't often talk about is keeping the people safe as well. You know, sometimes, especially as animals get closer to market size they're bigger than most of the, the people taking care of them, you know, whether by purpose or accident, something can happen. You know, what are some basics in in handling of those pigs uh, to ensure the safety and welfare of the pigs, but as well as the safety and welfare of the folks that may be getting in the pen to feed water or care for the animals as well?
2: It goes back to all of the discussion we had earlier about um, being a good stock person. And stock person training, training people to work with pigs, even when they're your own pigs and you've been working with pigs for 20 years, those stock person training courses, they're fantastic. I always take away something from those courses. Maybe it's something I'd heard before and I've forgotten, but those are important. So a couple of things that I always like to do when I enter the pen, if all of the pigs are laying right there at the fence or at the gate, I try not to enter the pen right on top of them. First and foremost, give them some space. Don't drop right in on top of them. Come in so they can see you coming in and they're not going to get up and panic and just run and scramble. When pigs run you down, they run you down and you know, I'm one of those gangly guys that my knees are just sort of an hour away from cracking on any given day. So you know, I don't want to get mowed over by pigs. So. I always try to enter the pen so I'm not coming in on top of them and I'm not startling them so they start running. If it's a a new population of pigs that I'm working with, I often go in the pen with a second person. If I have to do work as a veterinarian, that's not always practical or needed. If I have to do handling and moving, I oftentimes go in with a hog panel. But one thing that we constantly remind our stock people is... Be in there with the pigs all the time. Give them positive human interaction. Walk through the pen with a hog panel repeatedly so they don't think it's foreign, so they're comfortable with it. Walk through the pen with a bucket so they know what a bucket is. Um, Because if I have to slip a bucket over their head um, to sort of immobilize them or start using a hog panel, I don't want them to be running sort of fight and flight when they see those things with me. Pigs, I find in general, are really pleasant to work with if you've taken the time to sort of get them used to people. So, you know, I move slow and comfortably. I'm talking to them all of the time. I'm not introducing new things to them in in rapid ways. I'm coming in with new things and letting them explore them, whether it be sniffing them or playing with them with their mouth. Those are fine. You can leave stuff in the pig pen. Um, if you're not worried about it getting destroyed. And so if you have a good, solid bucket with a nice metal handle, leave it in the pen. Let them get used to it. You know, if you've got a solid hog panel instead of sort of a two-piece one, you leave it in the pen. Let them get used to it. You know, pigs are very curious. And so once they're used to their environment, they're very comfortable. So, you know, I think all the classic common sense things that we talk about with all livestock – I really like to emphasize with pigs. And we uh, have this fantastic lab at the University of Calgary where we teach pig handling and, you know, just getting everyone to move slow, talk to the pigs, allow the pigs to uh, engage with them. Don't disrupt their flight zone until they're more comfortable with you. Those are the classic things that we sort of focus on with the vet students. And then, you know, if you want to get into more uh, how to lay a pig down because you want to treat it or look at its feet that gets to be a bigger conversation but I find pigs are really amenable to sort of training and positive human interaction. Heather what did I miss I mean there's so much with good stocksmanship isn't there but we could talk for two I, days I don't think this.
1: you you miss much <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you miss too much there at all <laughs> but you're right though with pigs it's Thinking of it as the approach them calm, they're gonna feed off the way we approach them and deal with them. And so if we're frustrated and upset and are pushing them around, things are definitely way more stubborn than any people I've ever met. And I've met some pretty <laughs> stubborn people. Yeah. So the more you push them, yeah. the more they're gonna push back. You know, if you've got a market hog that's just about ready to go, pushing it's not a great idea. <laughs> and So that's when you know having your panels and your boards in there and having them familiar with it you mentioned this as well, that having them familiar with what the things you are going to use when you need to handle them. And so pigs are are more likely to be calmer when they recognize everything that's around them. If you bring something in they've never seen before, they're going to be very hesitant. You know, if they've got a lot of space, they're going to disappear into that space. And it's going to be very hard to get your hands on them in the first place. In the event that they do disappear on you and you're having difficulty to get them to, to handle them like you need to. Heaven forbid don't chase your pigs. You know, put some feet out, relax, allow them to come to you because they're very smart animals and they have a very long memory. And so they're gonna remember some of those negative interactions. But yeah, it, it's basically handle them gentle, calm, and get them familiar with things. That's the yeah. the best way to to approach hogs for sure. They're smart, smart animals and they will hesitate if they've been handled
2: roughly at all. Yeah, they're smart animals and they're curious animals. Um, You know, the classic thing that that I do is I typically have a few treats in my pocket, in my coveralls pocket. It never hurts when you're walking through a new population of sows or pigs on pasture. There's always going to be one or two that will come up right away. And if you happen to have a few treats in your pocket, all of a sudden that relationship dynamic changes. The rest in the pen are like, what just happened and what did we just miss? I have no trouble with carrying a few little treats in my pocket, whether that be an Oreo cookie or some other treat like that. They love Oreo cookies, so um, I find those to <laughs> be like handy tools. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so some really
0: good points, and I, I think the the part that I really took out of there was the positive reinforcement and positive relationship built between the handler of the pigs and the pigs themselves and and how that can really prevent uh, any future issues for sure. So some really good points there. Excellent, folks. Um, I've taken up lots of your time here this morning. I, I appreciate both of you uh, joining us. Two of my favorite pork folks to talk to and listen to in the country. So hopefully if there's something else we can talk about in the future, we can have you back for another episode.
1: Thanks, Brad. Happy to be here.
2: Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. It was great to be here today.
1: Don't want to miss any future episodes, subscribe to a Maritime AgCast today through Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your other favorite podcast platform.
0: This concludes another episode of Maritime AgCast. We would like to thank our producer, the Agri-Commodity Management Association, Director Ashley, as well as Matt Whitehour and Micah Dahl-Anderson of ArchesAudio.com for providing the music you heard during this episode. Until next time, happy farming and keep feeding the Maritimes.